BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Doing that, I was face-to-face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Good to be here, and uh, I think what you said is true. I'm I'm really hoping that I can at least give some context or explanation about 
Uh, what I've observed with red grid mark phenomena over the years of both experiencing it and being involved in the community. What a bizarre topic. Truly. You know, I came across your page much by accident. Um, I was not I was not looking for it. I was not looking at the the subject or the topic at all. And I saw the header for it. And it immediately took me back to what I think is my my fourth episode um, with a gentleman named Corey who had an unusual experience, which he feels uh, was he was in the presence of a an entity. Um, He feels it was extraterrestrial. And that was when he was very young. But flash forward. 30 years or so he had some problems with his shoulder and he was going to need rotator cuff surgery and uh, he had a very odd night worth of sleep he kept falling asleep and waking up after an hour hour and a half and feeling fully rested and uh, he did this several times throughout the night when he finally did get up to go to work went into the bathroom take a shower when he got out of the shower he stood in front of the mirror and he noticed And what he said to me during the interview was this red grid looking pattern on his shoulder. And he thought it was like wrinkles from the sheets. You know, maybe he was laying all, you know, a bunch of stuff shoved up under his shoulder and it was compressed against his skin. But he said it was very much like a grid pattern. And that was it. That was that was all he talked about other than the the need for his rotator cuff surgery was completely gone he had full mobility in his shoulder and had no more pain in it it's unbelievable it's really a fascinating story because uh it's not always that we see spontaneous healing like that but sometimes we do like we'll see unusual phenomena associated with the red, red grid marks even though they're so consistent in their application so what did he think about that whole experience <laughs> you know it, it took some conversation between the two of us, but by, by the end of it, he, he, was, ha- he was having a hard time trying to um, put into words how he felt about it. And, and I simply said, do you feel like you're an, an asset? Not, not so much in, in that you are aiding them with something that you're, you're super important, but like you were an asset, like you were a... You were something that they had put time and effort into, and you were the culmination of that time and effort. Like it was an asset, like a military asset or a you know a scientific asset. And uh, he said, "Yeah." He says, I, "I do feel that whatever they did for me, they did for a reason that I have no idea what it is." that I, I serve some unknown purpose to that. You know, I can relate to that too. And I think everybody that gets these red marks can relate to that, that there's something about them, which is causing this intelligence. And uh, I'll explain why I think that in, in a minute, but it's mm-hmm. causing this intelligence to either want to like look at their DNA or biology or something. I think it might be some sort of like laser, long range laser biopsy device. 
And, uh, you know, that story is really interesting because you do see some direct correspondence to, to healing, which is quite unusual, I would say. But um, just to go back to basics here with red grid mark phenomena, I've, uh, I've been experiencing it probably for about six or seven years now. And uh, one of the main things for me is that I get repeating patterns at repeating times a year. So uh, around the summer solstice, uh, right before it, kind of in late May, uh, early June, I'll get one mark. And then exactly two weeks later, I'll get another one, two weeks later, another one. And this has been going on for years, and it's quite predictable at this point. And uh, so for me... Can I ask... Can I ask where those uh, where those marks are occurring? Yeah, uh-huh. so for me, the first mark I ever got was all over my left shoulder and down my back, like completely noticeable, which is somebody actually had pointed it out to me, and that was the first time I ever remember getting one. But since then, it's usually always on my back, which we find is pretty common. Like um, mm-hmm. a lot of experiencers in the survey we conducted reported it being on their upper back as more common than anywhere else. But they'll appear anywhere, right. arms, uh, legs, uh, buttocks, um, faces is the most extraordinary one because, you know, you didn't lay on something there. But uh, for me, right. it's almost always on my back. And um, the patterns can be similar sometimes, like the large blotches. But I, I remember one of the oddest ones I ever got was the dots, like heavy dots all the way down my spine, which was really unusual. Obviously, you know. We've got past the the need to see it as an impression or anything like that because with those repeating patterns, it's clearly not an impression. Those impressions aren't coming at specific times a year. But that's what I mean when I say intelligence. Is it figures out when it wants to appear and does it consistently for whatever its motivations are. Now, you, you brought up the, uh, the data collection that mm-hmm. you have. Uh, uh, it's a, a survey or a questionnaire of sorts on your available to your your members yeah that's correct it's a, a 60 question survey and it addresses a lot of besides just um trying to figure out what the similarities are or whether everybody's had a paranormal experience seeing a ufo there's a lot of just regular medical questions in there like how would you report your sleep um questions about the marks such as do they appear in the daytime versus the evening because another mm-hmm. interesting thing we found out of that survey is that just about half of people are experiencing them during sleep. And another half are getting them during the daytime, like during their waking hours, while they're out and about, which is really the most baffling, uh, I think, observation out of that survey completely, is that a lot of people are getting them during the daytime. While they're awake, they're not experiencing any missing time, and it seems like the marks are just instantaneously appearing, which is even more unusual. Now you say instantaneously appearing is are is there a um, uh, a gradual darkening of these uh, these marks these spots over a course of you know uh, several hours or the first day or two that you have yep. them or once they appear that's pretty much what they uh, they stay at so that's a good question too do they gradually appear and the answer seems to be no they will just suddenly appear. So um, I remember one example of a a young man that went into his room for about 20 minutes right before dinner, and when he came back out, he had the mark 
on his forehead. And I think it was uh, like four by eight, a grid like that, but very defined. And before he went into his room, he didn't have it. But as soon as he was isolated, he ended up with this mark on his forehead. And uh, Now, when you say four by eight, I assume that means like you're, you're detailing the number of exactly. dots. In the yeah, pretty okay. significant mark, very clearly defined, so it didn't have a gradient. It wasn't fading out, and it was just right in the middle of his forehead. And uh, that's always the classic case I, I talk about to say that they appear instantaneously. But for the people they do appear for in the daytime, that seems pretty consistent, that they'll just suddenly show up with them. And um, kids, too, you know, that's, that's a weird thing about this phenomenon is it's not isolated to adults. It seems like a significant portion of the people in the group are parents that have their kids experiencing these red grid marks. And uh, that's the case a lot of the time with kids, too, is they'll just seem to suddenly appear. And uh, it's probably about half of the time that they appear during the day and half of the time at night, which makes sense, you know, given time frames. Yeah. Let's put the brakes on here real quick. And uh, for the listeners, in case you're, like, struggling trying to figure out what the hell we're talking about, um, Justin, go ahead and, and let everybody know your, your web page, uh, the uh, uh, Facebook page and the information that they can get there. If you're listening to this, my suggestion is go to this Facebook page and start just scrolling and perusing through the pictures of the people that have this uh, have this marking on them. And you'll, you'll get a much better idea of what it is we're talking about. Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, to listen to people talk about it is one thing, but to go on there and see that there's over a thousand people experiencing the exact same thing and posting pictures constantly is, is pretty baffling. And you quickly pick up the idea that I guess these things are not just accidental, you know, impressions are a common doubt, but it's not that, but, uh, the Facebook page is red grid mark phenomenon experiencers and researchers. So if you just plug in uh, red grid mark and look under groups on Facebook, you should be able to find it pretty quick. Yeah, it's pretty easy to find. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, there, there's, there's differences, you know, there's, there's different, there's, there's people who have a very distinct edge to their pattern. There's some that tend to fade off, um, around the outside edges. Um, there's smaller dots, there's larger dots, there's diamond shape. Uh, I think a couple of them almost looked uh, elliptical, uh, the mm-hmm. dots. Um, That's very true. So, There's a lot of variety in the patterns, but it falls within a range, and you can kind of expect what you're going to get. So you're right. There seems to be diamond patterns as if it's on some sort of lattice, and then there seems mm-hmm. to be circular patterns where they're very specific circular dots and uh, arranged in a grid. And um, I find that when they're on a curve of the body, a lot of the time, like on a bicep or on the side of the torso, you'll get that gradient, almost as if it's um, it's planar or it's a piece of metal that's been pressed against the skin, which I'm not saying it is that because we see it appear instantaneously, but it, it does give the appearance of, of looking like that. And um, I find that usually nobody ever gets dots or diamonds that are larger than probably a dime. So they're pretty small regularly. And uh, here, another thing I'll just say is that these dots are always, always subcutaneous. So, like, 
where you would expect a tattoo's ink to be is where they are, almost like it's a, a patterned sunburn. So it's beneath the surface of the skin, and in my knowledge, in, in the hundreds of cases I've looked at, nobody ever has any symptoms. So it doesn't itch, it doesn't burn, it doesn't really provide any disturbance besides being that patterned-looking sunburn. So there's no raised skin, no no swelling to the uh, affected area, nothing uh, as you run your fingers over it, the red dots aren't bumpy? 100% correct, almost always. How bizarre. It really is weird because it's beneath the surface of the skin, which you would expect, like, when you get a sunburn, of course, beneath the surface of the skin turns red first, and mm-hmm. I say it's like that, but that's not quite true. It's almost like a blood blister or something beneath the skin, but it's hard to tell, of course, you know, because it's beneath the surface of the skin. But And the, and that's about the color of it, too, is like a, a mild blood blister. Yeah, that seems to be exactly right, or like a bruise, like a very specific quarantined bruise. And then um, another thing I find to be true is that they usually go away in about two to four days. They're just completely gone. Really bizarre. Almost, almost like it's happening from you know when I first when I first started looking at these pictures, um, setting aside the oddness of some of the patterns and some of the uh, the locations. Um, there, there's actually a couple on there that are very, uh, very geometric, um, where you can almost you can tell that like whatever whatever process was being done was done completely a hundred percent. It was not partially against the skin or under the skin. It was, you know, I think the one that comes to mind is um, one that looked like it might've been on the uh, lower, lower back of a a female that was pretty much round. um, And all the dots seemed to have a pattern to it. And uh, they, they seemed to all be circular and concentric and, um, they seem to be a bit smaller than uh, a large number of the pictures that I saw, but there was there was some geometry to it. And That's definitely true. Um, I've had one right off. The spine seems to be like a, a, a focal obsession here with mine, but right off on the left, on the bottom of my spine, this was probably four years ago, I got a perfect hexagon. Its edges were clearly defined. It was a classic red grid mark, but it was just a hexagon. Mm-hmm just blows your mind <laughs> you know and, and another thing and this just came into mind uh the gentleman that i was talking about from my previous episode mm-hmm. um after we had talked some time had passed and he sent me a photograph of what i think if i remember correctly and I, i'll have to go back and look and see if i still have it in my pictures um like the the upper portion of uh, the fatty part of your hand on the top part of your hand between your thumb and your your forefinger um and he he said it looked it reminded him of uh like a star but when i saw it what i saw was more most definitely a a hexagonal pattern oh let me take that back Uh, a pentagram uh five side which where the the vertices would connect there was a, a dot that almost looked like a um, 
like a, a, a skin, a, like a mole, but it was, it was very light colored. You could barely make it out, but there was one of those at five points, which if you would have drawn a line from them, you could have made a perfect star. And I do remember seeing on your, on your uh, Facebook page, something that, man, when I saw that, it was like, oh, Corey had that too. Yeah, you know, that is not surprising because a, a thing that I love to share as well in regards to, uh, you know, why I think these things are intelligent or consistent is that we, a lot of the time, will get people joining the group ready to post their first picture. And they're coincidentally all in the exact same spot. So if you go through the group and you take a look, I, I think one of the most common ones you'll see that's like this is on the wrist. People will get it on the wrist in the exact same spot in a span of about two or three weeks. And you can tell that whatever is making the marks is saying to itself or whatever, uh, okay, well, we're going to put a mark right there on the wrist using the exact same bit or, or laser or tool or whatever. And um, So you're saying multiple people receive the same mark over a period of time and it's and it's a it's kind of a closed close-ended uh time frame yeah so you got a specific span of time and x number of people receive the same mark during that time yeah it's enough to really baffle you because you would think that all these marks would be different or abstract but no they're not in in the i think uh the the most classic case was the wrist in the course of about two weeks or there was another case where within the same couple of weeks people were getting them on their buttocks constantly and um it just blows your mind when you when you see stuff like that that it's it's got an a method of consistency to it i mean not only in time frames but in the marks that it's placing and when it's placing them on people now i spent some time going through your uh your your answers to your survey and a couple of things jumped out at me. I'll be um, interested to hear. I need, I need more people to look at that survey. So apparently uh, Caucasians make up at least the number of people who have participated in your survey. Caucasians make up the vast majority. Yeah, that seems to be true. We've discussed that in the group too. Um, that it may be harder to find the dots on darker skin, but we have seen a couple of people that are fair or darker skinned that have gotten the marks too. So you have to wonder how many people, I mean, it's the same thing with age too. You have to wonder how many people are reporting on these things or looking them up or seeing them that, that then end up making it to the group to report on it. So at least by your, your, the collection of, of data that you have, it looks like the 25 to 34-year-old range is uh, at least for your, your web page, your, uh, your Facebook page, seems to be the most popular, 25 to 34-year-old. Yeah, it seems like it. That's the brunt of the people uh, coming into the group to report it. But, you know, like I said, with surveys, you never know if that's just because they mm -hmm. are on Facebook more than other groups or kids right. aren't self-reporting. You know, you never know, but yeah, that definitely seems yeah, to be that, impacted. That might that might be a demographic that lines up with the usage of Facebook right. as well. Uh, but North America seems to be uh, at least 
again, from the number of people that responded to your survey, uh, North America seems to be a very large part of that pie. Yeah, uh, you would think that on the Internet you would get them from all over the world, but uh, it doesn't seem to be the case. It might just be, again, like the English-speaking Internet that people are searching for. But, uh, yeah, it overwhelmingly seems to be in North America. But it branches out. Um, we've got uh, U.K., Europe, uh, Middle and South America, but definitely not as high as North America. North America is, is definitely the bulk of the experiences that we've collected. And then something that you said earlier uh, kind of struck accord with what I had read in there and when you were giving me the timeline of when you were having your experiences, the months yep. that they were occurring, April, May, June, July, and August seem to be the months that have the highest number of people reporting that they've had those experiences as well. Yeah, that's another really good point to bring up because the densest clusters of when the red grid mark appears is uh, just like I get mine regularly is on the upper back and in the beginning of summer so usually uh like right around june and the months surrounding that you're absolutely right on that now with you with the upper back have you had any uh, medical conditions that have affected your upper back is is your back uh, um, something that is uh, you know of, of some kind of medical interest uh, i wouldn't say so i've never had an issue with my upper back or shoulder or anywhere the mark has appeared really do you know, has anybody ever done any studies? Uh, and my guess is probably not because this seems to be a an under-investigated uh, phenomenon, which is what really excited me about uh, getting you on the show. Um, like the, the locations of, of these marks, where they appear, where they're, where they're being found most, if they, if they line up with any kind of... Um, uh, what am I thinking of? Like the lymph, the lymph node system, or uh, a specific, uh, you know, bronchial airways, or you know, some specific function of of the human body, a, a specific system of the body that is internal, obviously that we don't know, that we don't see, but would know about from medical research. Has anybody ever? drawn any kind of correlation the 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 pattern or the location on the body is lining up with uh not that i know of um but you know there's areas that get hit more often than not and that's uh the arms the back uh the buttocks the upper leg and the face and so i i don't know maybe you might be right i'm not I don't think I'm qualified enough to look at the anatomy of the human body and say these are where such and such is concentrated. But it does seem to have a focus on specific areas that it wants to look at, and that's predominantly on the back. Or, you know, like with mine, it's spine-centric a lot of the time. So I don't know. Maybe it is the nervous system that they're looking at and sampling. You know, and interestingly enough, um, one of your members that I spoke with, um, she had – uh, on her on her back, and then um, had one uh, just above her coccyx. Yeah, so and then final I, I had an, and then I had another lady uh, message me who wasn't really interested in in speaking on air about it, but she sent me a picture, and she 
she said, pardon my flat butt and butt crack, but her husband took a picture and it was right at the base of her tailbone. You know, now that sounds like a different area, but it's still in line with what you're talking about as far as the spine. Yeah. And that's definitely not true. I would say even a majority of the time, but I think the one that I got where with the dot, it was just one row of dots and it went all the way down my spine. I, I can't forget that one. It, it, Cent- centered on the spine or was it off the one side? directly on the spine and it went from uh like where the neck meets the torso area it went mm-hmm. down about to like mid lower back and it was just focused on the spine so uh seeing those red grid marks on the tailbones makes me think that if it's not it's probably not the entirety of the red grid marks area of focus but it's definitely an area of interest which i think gives us a little bit of clues as to what's going on right they're interested in anatomy it'd be be interesting to know if they if those dots on your on your spine if they would have lined up with the vertebrae or if they would have lined up with the uh the uh, the flexible part between the the vertebrae you know that allows us uh, to bend and move and twist. Yeah, that's a good. One. I, I don't. I you know I'm grasping at straws here. I don't know, but you know it'd be it, it would be super interesting to know if if these things lined up with a specific uh, function of the body or a, a a system of the body that. Yeah, it could be attributed to. That's. I mean, that's what I'm looking for here. I've I've done this for years now, and it seems like there's just a dead end of knowledge. And, you know, of course that's probably by design uh, <laughs> that, that it's so inaccessible to get any sort of clues or hints or, or anything. So all we're left with is looking at the data, looking at the marks that we have and trying to extrapolate what's going on uh, behind the mechanism. So I would bet that you're right. I bet they do line up to vertebrae or there's gotta be some connection, right? That goes further than just a random appearance. And I'm going to save you Google armchair warriors uh, some some time and hassle uh, because I know people are going to be uh, looking this, this subject up and there is not very much out there about this, yeah. at least from the standpoint of trying to explain it. Yeah, that's what I find baffling too is that you would think that maybe there's like a similar medical condition or there's something going on, but it's just so varied and it's just so consistent that it, it really seems to me to be caused by an external event, not an internal one. Yeah, I have to admit when I first started looking at it, I was like, all right, well, you know, could this be some kind of autoimmune type issue? Is the body reacting to something, uh, you know, whether it's external or internal um, you know, is this the manifestation of, uh, some kind of irritant or, uh, you know, an allergy to something or, but you know, that, that does not, you know, I've had hives before I've had rashes before my kids had rashes on their butts when they were little and had diapers on, you know, it, it doesn't line up with anything, especially when you start getting into these ones that, you know, have some geometry. to them. Yeah. And the repeating time frames, I think, uh, 
dispels that hypothesis pretty easily because they're occurring. I can I can almost track when exactly they're going to occur. I've done it in the group before. I said, you know what? In the next couple of weeks, I should be getting a mark, and I'm going to be getting a mark every two weeks after that. And it's turned out to be true. So you know, usually with with irritants or you know any sort of disorder or disease, you're not going to get that reliable of a time frame. Mm-hmm. Bizarre. It's weird. It never gets any simpler. <laughs> it really doesn't. It only gets more bizarre. So again, going back to some of the data that you've collected through this uh, this uh, survey. Mm-hmm. Um, Typically, the the patterns range from three to six inches, some a little bit smaller. Occasionally, there's some that are a little bit larger. Um, They disappear anywhere from three to seven days within discovery. Um, The one thing I thought, I thought at first when I read it, I thought was odd, but then not so much because, you know, typically myself, if, if I go to the doctor, I have to have something that has been extremely persistent, whether it's a cough that just won't go away or, you know, a runny nose that just won't stop or, you know, a sore throat or something like that. Yeah. You know, we, we have had a couple of people who, when we started, we, we had maybe like two people that went to the doctor, but now we've gotten more medical professionals to look at it. And there's even some doctors in the group or, uh, biologists or radiation technician. We've got a couple of people in the group that I'm and the people that have been to the doctors and, and the general consensus seems to be, I have no idea what it is. And you know, the the doctors will usually say if it gets worse, come back. Um, but I, most doctors don't have the capacity to do any sort of like advanced dermatology testing. And another problem is that it goes away so fast and it appears suddenly that it's almost impossible to get it contained where you can, I don't know, take a sample of it or, or do some imaging or something. But yeah, most of the time doctors will just say, I have no idea what it is. I've never seen anything like that before. You know, and I keep going back to this and I think, I think my impression of it is probably from what I've seen in, you know, hospital shows, TV shows or, or movies, but you know, like when you're in an MRI or, um, some of these other uh, tubes that they they lay down this laser over you, you know, you can't move and you got to remain still for, you know, however long this resonance chamber does its thing. But I, I for some reason, I keep going back to that. It reminds me of the the laser grid that's put over these people to make sure that the, you know, whatever part of the human body that's being targeted by the the MRI or whatever is, is in the right place and that they're, you know, dead center in this, you know, the middle of the head or the skull or, um, I, I feel the same way. I had an anonymous expert one time, uh, say that it looks like a fractalization pattern of a laser and that, uh, that's, that's what you can expect when you shoot a, I guess, I don't know. I'm not a laser expert, but the fractalization of lasers is pretty consistent with like, these pixelated dots that appear. And if you shoot it over a really, really long distance, you could expect a similar ish pattern or, um, Hmm. whatever. But I don't know. I feel like that's, I feel like that's what it is. And that's just my guess, but based on kind of circumstantial evidence, I do feel like it's a, some sort of long range, uh, UV laser biopsy device. 
or something, some technology that we don't understand. But that's what just obsesses me to continue to find out more about this. But, you know, the information in your sur- survey, it it continually, the further and further I read through it, um, you know, at first, you know, North American, Caucasian, 25 to 34-year-old, those seemed like pretty pretty substantial uh, demographics. But the more you, I was impressed with the, the questions that you had in there because that, that then began to kind of piss out that whole idea <laughs> that, there, that there was any, any, you know, I mean, because you go into um, blood types, that really didn't seem to have any effect. Um, religious affiliations doesn't look like that plays a factor in it whatsoever. Um, night owls, people who have undefined sleep sleep schedules, troubled sleepers, those people seem to have more experiences than people that just relay their experiences as you know, or relay their uh, having a normal sleep pattern that's another good point to bring up too um not that i've ever had this happen to me but a lot of people report that they have strange dreams when the marks will appear during uh events where it appears at night and the people that get marked at night it's usually pretty consistent that they continually get marked at night which is another interesting thing but the dreams i've i've noticed of people that self-report on the facebook group are usually uh of a entity contacting variety. So it's never consistent. And, you know, that just may be the nature of dreams, but usually pretty consistently, the strange dream that they're encountering is that mm-hmm. they're like, they've seen a, a silvery orb in the sky and then they wake up and they go and in the bathroom and they see a mark or uh, they were contacting some sort of strange uh, spirit like entity or um, some people have reported like seeing shadow people in their dreams and stuff, but it's always, it seems to be very consistent that of the people that are experiencing odd dreams at night, they're, they're getting some sort of entity contact and then they wake up and they've got the marks. And sometimes it gets even more uh, surreal than that. It's like some people have reported abduction. Some people have reported um, uh, seeing shadow people in the room with them or other unusual events that corresponds to some sort of supernatural event. But the weird thing, and again, confusing thing, is that none of these are ever consistent. Like, it's not like it's the same exact craft or the same exact um, supernatural encounter. It's it's like just multiple things, which is really baffling. And I, I have no doubt that these people are actually experiencing these. And I don't feel like anybody is, like, coming and making anything up or um, or that – you know, this is just a sleep paralysis episode. It's, it's that something strange is happening and maybe it's a little bit of our subjective interpretation of, of what's happening as far as the way our brain processes reality. But for those nighttime sleepers that have something happen, there's, there's definitely something a little odd. I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to agree with you on the, uh, your, your mind's perception of what you think is happening or else a, um, a way in which your mind is dealing with and and kind of sugarcoating what's actually going on because one of the uh, one of your other members who reached out to me she was speaking about uh, 
having a, a very vivid dream where she was uh, literally stuck. Her lower extremities were stuck in what she thought she was dreaming was like the, uh, the laundry or trash chute in her apartment. But the front half of her was uh, protruding through the window of her apartment and she witnessed her mom standing there and she was, you know, in, in quite a panic. She couldn't, she was stuck. She couldn't get out. And then when she woke up, she had marks on her lower extremities. Yeah. And some people report that too, is that they've uh, like encountered the spirit of a passed on loved one and they'll wake up mm -hmm. and receive the marks. So, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, it reminds me of Skinwalker Ranch, if you ever get into that, that all these, you know, like people are reporting <laughs> multiple varieties and, and uh, differences of supernatural experiences in the evenings, and none of them ever line up. But it's every one of them walks away with some sort of physical evidence of this encounter. Yeah. So strange. So, you know, the, all right, you've got just over 1,100 people on your page, and I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, but in order to, in order to seek this subject out, like I said, I found it by accident, but it resonated with me because of something somebody had told me. I would imagine that the vast majority of the people that are members of your page are experiencers. Yeah, that seems to be the case overwhelmingly uh, by majority, I would say that the people that are coming into the group are coming into the group because they've been searching up, what is this thing on me, this red grid mark that I have? And do you have more reports of people uh, making the assumption that this would be something akin to extraterrestrial or spiritual in nature? That's a good question, too. Um so if you if you scroll to the bottom of the survey, you'll see I asked people, I think I think it's a last question or close to last, but I asked people, what do you think this thing is? Uh, just to kind of see what people thought it was. And um, I think mm -hmm. there's I think there's two leading theories outside of just saying, well, it's some sort of laser thing is extraterrestrials and some sort of psychic phenomena. And um, the psychic phenomena, I'm, I can be disappointed with at times because it seems like there are a lot of YouTubers out there that pick up on the phenomenon, and they have a definite answer. And there's about 10 or 12 different definite answers. So, Can you cover what some of those are? <laughs> yeah. So um, I remember one experience on YouTube had to deal with an abusive situation where somebody got marked – either during or after um, this situation that she had to intervene in with an abusive ex-husband. And she felt like this was a psychic mark indicating that uh, you were of a, a good nature or protector. And um, other people online um, that are psychically inclined, especially on YouTube, have said that it's uh, a way of your spirit leaving the body at night. And other conclusions are the spirit of a deceased loved one is contacting you and it's leaving this sort of astral mark. And then um, I think that's why, why are they always coming up behind people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And, and what's, why would that, why would that have anything to do with the butt? 
and then <laughs> other ones are uh, uh, Starseed is a kind of genre of philosophy where people believe mm-hmm. that they're incarnated alien spirits, and that has been another interpretation that it's your Starseed family uh, that are extraterrestrials leaving a mark to show you that they they care or they're paying attention to you. So there's a lot of- was that t- was that was that Tom Cruise that left that? <laughs> that no no I don't know he might he might orchestrate it who knows but uh this is their interpretations and um I don't think that it fits with the data that we have especially when you've got multiple people saying different things I I think that that's kind of uh jumping to conclusions so uh yeah but extraterrestrials definitely seems to be the most popular one but for me it just doesn't quite take the bait because they appear instantaneously. So that could be anything. We don't really have any sort of strong link besides uh, the stuff that happens at night. And that, as we said, it's kind of filtered or it could be subjective. And so we just don't know. You know, the, the thing that kind of sticks with me is that this, it, it feels to me like this is something that's happening from within the body. Not, not to take anything away from, you know, it possibly being extraterrestrial or spiritual or anything like that. But when you look at these, you know, you know, and I'm not a skin expert at all, but, you know, it points in the direction of something that's happening within the body and, and it's, it's coming to the surface. It's not, it's not starting at the, the, the top of the skin and working its way down. I mean, I guess it, it could be, but, you know, from the, the appearance of many of the photographs that are on your, your page, you can almost see the, um, the undisturbed skin for a couple layers before you start getting to the redness. Yeah. I could, I could be way off, but. You know, that when I look at it, that's what I mean, that's exactly right. It, it is below the surface of the skin. The skin isn't, isn't charred. It isn't burnt, scratched, irritated at all. It's below the surface of the skin, which is really weird. And, uh, one of the things I had first looked into about that is, is there's a, there's a scientific paper I had published very early in the group and it was by this or not by, but, um, referred to me by the same person that said it looked like a fractalization of a laser, but you can, you can make a UV laser. And if you calibrate it just right, it'll burn sections of the skin that are below the surface of the skin. So that's what makes me think that it, it could possibly be like a, a long range UV laser is that it's in some way, uh, burning or charring or taking a sample or something internally in the body. And these things are just marks we see as a result of its interference. But now am I, is this, you're talking about something that would be similar to what, if you're watching, um, a, a uh, somebody have a tattoo removed. Yeah. You know, that's not, uh, far off from, I think UV lasers is it's going subcutaneously and it's, interacting with the, um, you know, the meat and matter that's there to achieve a specific mm-hmm. result. Cause we can do that on, on a limited capacity and it's done using a laser. So where are you at with this? <laughs> that's, that's a really good question. And, and, you know, I mean, I guess 
you know, from the standpoint of somebody who's, who's trying to find out the answers to this, I get that, but there has to be, you have to have a, yeah, maybe you don't, I would have a man. It's gotta be this. It's gotta be this. I might be disappointed when I find out it's not, but you know, leading up to that yeah, that's- discovery, that moment of discovery, I'm, I'm my, my head's here. And, and that's what I want to know from you is where's your head at? So that's, that's a fair question to ask. Um, and I try to remain objective and say, here's the data that we have. And, you know, here's the conclusions that we make from it. But at the end of the day, we're looking at, uh, an extremely precise calibrated way to not only track human beings on the surface of the planet, but interact with them remotely, leave a physical mark that we don't understand exactly how it happens. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's some sort of advanced technology that we're either not aware of or not exposed to. And so for me, I think the extraterrestrial theory kind of hold, holds weight. I mean, and, you know, I'm no, I'm no skeptic of, of aliens. I, I love alien stuff and UFO mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And when you look around at, uh, you know, not only the current state of the world looking into it, but all the past history with it, I mean, maybe we're looking at some sort of, extraterrestrial interference that we just haven't really observed very much before. And they're not as stealthy as the ones that came before. They're just doing long range biopsies. And what are you going to do about it? Yeah, I suppose that's, that's as good of a thought as, as any, because what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You're going to make a Facebook you know, group and are all going to compare, but still at the end of the day, you, you want to go to a doctor, the doctor's <laughs> not going to be able to tell you what's going on. Still just going to keep zapping you. So it doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the only place that I am after all these years is, is that it's gotta be some sort of advanced technology that's, that's interfering with people or it's something just so left field that nobody, not even trained medical professionals can, make any sort of sense of it. It's truly bizarre. It really is. I mean, when, you know, by this, by this point in the show, I would assume that the majority of the listeners have gone to Facebook and and looked up this page. Yeah. And you can Uh, see a lot of examples of it too. Just if you put red grid mark in Google, there's a lot of people mm -hmm. that, uh, tried to do some precursory, investigations and um unfortunately every time you investigate this phenomenon you come up at a dead end there's just a limit to you know what we're able to investigate and uh, i'm going to keep on the trail i'm not going to let it go but at a certain point you just have to throw your hands up and say we really don't know what this is coming from but it's consistently leaving these physical marks so that's what really just stokes my fire about this is you've got this plethora of uh, physical most paranormal anomaly happening and it seems very concerned about making sure nobody tracks it back to its source now ralph blumenthal uh former new york times uh journalist is is a part of your he group. Is. have you had any conversation with him or any kind of exchange as far as, you know, because, I mean, he did, he did a very good book on uh, John Mack. And John Mack, if you're in the UFO community, you'll know that he spent uh, a good deal of time uh, in his later years with the uh, abduction phenomenon. 
yeah, I am. I'm familiar with uh, Ralph's work and uh, his recent contributions in the New York Times towards this, uh, you know, larger discussion of, of the UFO phenomena and John Mack's scientific study of, of objectees, which I, I really idolized that somebody went out there and, you know, gave it the scientific look that it really deserved. But, um, no, we haven't had many conversations. I think when Ralph came into the group, he said, I don't really know what's happening either. But I know that John Mack would have been interested in it, and so that's why I'm here. And that's what I was wondering was if if he had access to John Mack's, um, you know, journals and stuff like that. If uh, if if these kind of markings were something that were consistent with abductions, that uh, that he had helped people with regression and 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 those. Things. I don't know that that would be a really good question to ask him if he's ever seen anything like this before. I don't think that he had. Um, I may be misremembering, but I, I think this was a novel phenomenon for him. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much he's looked at John Mack's work. I know extensively, of course, because he wrote a book about him. But, uh, right. yeah, I don't I don't know if it ever appeared, but I, I got the impression that, that it was novel. Such a strange phenomenon. Yeah, we're all sitting ducks here trying, trying to figure out what makes this thing happen. You know, and I'm the personality type that if if that happened to me, it would drive me absolutely nuts. Yep, totally understand, especially when it's been going on for so long. And, um, you know, some people only get the marks once. Some people will get them twice. Uh, some people will get the marks as members of a household. And then some people will just get them nonstop repetitively for years. And uh, the people that get them consistently like that, we're, we're in a pretty small minority in the group itself. But it just makes you wonder what what is so important that you've just got to zap these people consistently for years. And I mean, it had a it had a start point and it had a unique and novel grid when it started. And then ever since then. It's just the same times every year. And you know what? That's not even true. Sorry to say that, but it's been increasing in frequency every year since I've got them. So I used to get them only twice a year when it first started. I'd get one in uh, like June and then one October through January or February. So once in the summer, once in the winter. And then after about three years, it started increasing in frequency to where I would get uh, like two in a year and then I'd get three consistently. And then now it's just like, if I wake up with one, I wake up with one. <laughs> like, I, I'll get do you, do you share your, uh, do you share your marks with the group yep. as well? I try to stay very consistent about sharing them. Uh, I've missed a couple here recently just because it's becoming such a regular phenomenon. I'd say it happens at least once every three months at this point, but they're usually very small and hard to photograph, but I do my best. I try to post them. You know, and, you know, you talked about this, the one boy who went, he went into his room and he was isolated for 10 or 15 minutes, came back out and he had it on his forehead. Um, to me, that almost makes sense. You know, it, it, the person is alone, it's isolated. Uh, we come in there, we do what we do, you know, whether it's, you know, from a, a far distance away or whether it's an actual, hey, we come in the room and, you know, you don't remember us being there. Um, but you know, this woman, Ellie, that I spoke with, which the listeners will be hearing from here shortly, uh, 
um, you know, her and her husband received them at the same time, two days apart. Yeah. And both of them, and both of them were recovering from COVID. Now don't read anything into that listeners. I am not saying COVID is causing these, these marks. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that they were both home alone or home together, recovering from, from the effects of COVID. And within two days, they both had the marks. Yeah. So, you know, it seems to me like there's some sort of interest in human biology. And when it goes through unique situations, it seems like the marks want to show up really fast. Uh, maybe they'll fix the situation. I know somebody had marks on their knee one time and they had a very significant issue with their knee and it was another case of spontaneous healing. But sometimes it just seems curious, right? Let's get a sample right as they're recovering from COVID or something unique has happened in this person. Let's get a sample real quick. That's what it seems like to me. Well, and Ellie had expressed to me that um, she was, she was quite concerned with her husband's health. She, she said, there were a couple of times where I looked at him and I thought, was, was I losing him? Was this the, you know, was this nearing the yeah, end? Yeah, that's awful. Hard. And, 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 you know, after finding the marks, she said his recovery and she, she didn't allude to the fact that this had anything to do with it. She was just saying that, you know, it just so happened that after seeing the marks within a very short period of time from that, his health increased and, and become much better quickly. And she, she wondered if that had anything to do with it. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like sometimes that's the case that people like, like with your, uh, the person that you interviewed, right, with it on their shoulder, mm-hmm. Corey, Corey, yeah. Corey made it a immediate recovery. I know someone that got a mark on their knee had an immediate recovery. So it does seem like sometimes these marks are, uh, are beneficial to the person that receives them or whatever is going on. They're saying, well, maybe we can just fix this situation. Just pulling another piece out of uh, what I recollect of, of my interview with Corey. And again, I'm not suggesting I'm just, I'm asking, have you been privy to any information from any of your members or even yourself with like kind of disrupting electronics? Uh, No, I I don't think that we've had any unusual circumstances where it's disrupted electronics and you know, it brings to mind somebody the other day posted a video of the marks she thought they were appearing and they made, it was on her hand and, uh, they turned into raised bumps for just a minute. And then she said afterward, it solidified into a red grid mark. And that's a really interesting video worth checking out, but that's exactly what it looked like. The, the marks became a raised bump beforehand and then they solidified and leveled down. And when they leveled down, they turned into that red grid mark pattern. But she was able to film it, which is why I say that. And uh, I found that incredibly, incredibly a step in the right direction of we caught one actually appearing. But uh, no, it doesn't seem to disrupt electronics or uh, or 
not in every case. I haven't seen a big mm-hmm. correspondence to it. So where do we go from here? What what is the uh, what is your plan moving forward? So my plan moving forward is continue to just let this group be a place where people can meet and talk about it. Because when I started first experiencing the marks, I was able to Google it. I was able to find somebody that did a little bit of research but didn't come up with a conclusion. Uh, and I was finding plenty of examples on Reddit and other places saying, hey, anybody know what this is? It just appeared on my boyfriend's back last night. But nowhere could anybody get together to discuss it. So I think that's really the important thing to come out of the Facebook group is that everybody can get together that's experiencing these marks and say, hey, let's do something about it. Let's try to catch as much information as possible. Let's put together a survey, uh, you know, to see if we can get any answers. And then every now and then we'll get something new or novel or something that nobody's thought about, like the video or um, Mm -hmm. specific experiences of experiencing pain right as they appeared, which was one case. This woman was driving on a a dark road, and her left hand started – it's always the left hand, right? But her left hand started stinging really bad, and it felt like it was like on fire or burned, and so she immediately pulled over as soon as she could and flipped on the light, and there was a red grid mark on the left hand. So it's always just little inklings of information. But I think the more inklings we collect, the bigger the picture we'll be able to paint. The only way we're going to do that is by being together as a community, looking at the phenomenon. And getting more people. To exactly. Have you, have you taken any efforts to try to involve uh, uh, any, anyone in the medical community, uh, you know, even from the standpoint of just being a bystander and, you know, taking a look at what people are reporting on your, your page? Um, no, not really. Um, I would be interested if anybody was interested to take a look at it. But I think as a medical professional, there's only so much information you can glean off of photos, right? Like you want yeah. to take a sample and look at it or observe it as it's happening. So um, I've had a couple of doctors join the group, but never heard anything back from them or uh, opinion or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I would think that with enough people that have repetitive marks, if a medical professional were really interested, they could say, all right, well, I'm in the area. As soon as you get the mark, let's get you in and take a look at it. So I hope that one day we have enough volume to facilitate something like that where somebody can actually do some lab testing or at least some poking and prodding once one appears and we can get them there immediately. Yeah. It'd be very interesting to know if that is a, um, if that, if that's actually blood underneath the surface of the skin, you know, like you would, like we were talking a blood blister, um, or if it's just a, a, a disruption in the, the pigment of that area. Yeah, I would be interested in that, too, because it's it's really hard to tell what's going on, and it goes away so quickly. You know, it could be um, the melanin in the skin being hyperactivated. It could be blood or bruising, or it could even be like a radiation burn, like sunburn. But uh, we just we don't know at the current state because there's nothing, there's nothing for us uh, untrained personnel to look at or, or test. It would be it would be uh, interesting to to get a, a dermatologist yes. 
assessment of that. You know, they deal with the skin and a lot of different afflictions of 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 the skin. And I, you would think if anybody would have seen anything remotely close to this, it would be somebody who specializes in skin. Yeah, and you, you know, another thing I wonder sometimes is uh, we're only looking at the surface of this mechanism's interaction. So I I don't know how. I don't know if you could tell this through soft tissue imaging, but I wonder if it doesn't go deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, like with the use of an MRI or a ultrasound or, or something to see the, the penetration down into the, the actual meat of the body, the muscle tissue. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could, you could start with saying, is it radiation and, and, and how many traces of radiation are there to look at? I don't know. We, but I think a couple of people have looked at them under blacklight and they don't seem to glow, but I don't know. To me, it seems like a, a natural, like a, the body's natural response to uh, a low dose of radiation. And, you know, uh, we got to talk about this. I, don't, I can't believe we, we made it this far without mentioning this, but there was a, a UFO incident um, in Canada, and I'm sure you've seen the picture before. 1967? I, I believe so, where the guy touched the UFO and the vent on the outside blasted them. Yep. And then you, yep, the one with the, on his uh, lower abdomen. Yes, yeah, classic UFO yeah. photo, right? And yeah. one of the one of the first photos I ever saw when I was starting to get into this uh, the UFO subject back when I was a kid, um, it was it was a picture in in the book that we had in our library at the uh, at the elementary school I went to. Yeah, I'm gonna find his name real quick, but that is a great. Um, comparison and and it gets brought up all the time of course because it looks to be a very large red grid mark and uh, i think that's what first clued me in to the possibility that it could be radiation was that we'd seen a similar mark before and a similar pattern on the outside of an extraterrestrial vehicle that produced a radiation burn in a very similar configuration yeah milani milani trying to remember the guy's name i don't know why i would even know it at this point i know yeah i've looked at it many times (laughs) but yeah uh it it is strikingly larger than any of the the grids that i saw on on your on your facebook page um just the the size of the squares that are on his abdomen almost look like they'd be in the neighborhood of maybe a half to three quarter of an inch square but but still very, very similar to what what the other people are experiencing. Right. It's undeniably similar, right? It's much more defined and much larger, and uh, we've never mm-hmm. seen anything like that. But it just, you know, it makes you wonder. And uh, I did look it up. It's called the Falcon Lake Incident, for anybody listening that wants yep. to look it up. And uh, you yep. can find the story by Googling that. But his name was Stefan Mikalak. Uh, well, I was close. It started with an L. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what a what a strange thing you you've got yourself into here. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it's it's no choice of mine, um, which is a consistent theme. Is you know people don't seem to have any choice in the matter; they're going to get marked or they're not going to get marked, which is very reminiscent of abduction phenomenon. But uh, it's it's our choice to pursue it and to try to piece there what it is, um, building on the evidence that we do have, and and that's a choice that I'm happy to make and pursue. 
And uh, having, having said what you just did, it doesn't appear at least from my standpoint uh, of looking at your, uh, your survey questions and, and the responses and stuff, it doesn't appear that people are looking at this as a, um, uh, a, a very negative thing. Now, invasive, yes, intrusive, yes, but they don't, nobody seems to be really having any, um, bad reactions to it or, um, you know, no, no health side effects from it. No, I would say that, that, that we, know. I would say just the opposite. It seems like, uh, it could potentially be a benefit to your health at times because we see that whatever the mechanism is, does make the choice to heal people sometimes. But on the other hand, some people, uh, report, and this is a, a minority of people that get the marks, but some people will report, they always get sleep paralysis or nightmares when they appear. So, you know, it, it goes both ways, I guess. You have this small minority on one side and a small minority on the other side that have very negative experiences and other people have very positive experiences. But the vast, overwhelming majority is completely neutral. Like, it doesn't seem to be affecting anything. It's kind of curious and interesting. So, um, for example, me and the other moderator on the page, Emma. And Emma is from the, the U.K., America originally, but uh, lives in the U.K. now. Um, she gets marked just as repetitively as I do, and it is a lot. And I would even say, you know, I don't know exactly how often she gets marked, but maybe even more than me. But we both look at it as an interesting thing. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. We're going to get marked whether we want to or not. But it doesn't seem to disrupt anything. Uh, we never have side effects from it. And so we both kind of look forward to the next mark that we get because it gives us just a little bit more evidence or maybe something will be different this time that'll give us some more clues so it's always an interesting interesting time i'm curious as far as emma goes did she you said from the u.s but now lives in the uk has she experienced these in both living in the u.s and at the in the uk or did they were they only presenting themselves once she got to the uk or i'm not sure you'd have to talk to her about that um but I would have, I would imagine it's within the same time frames as everybody else. It seems to have been in the last couple of years that it picked up, like in the last maybe decade or six to seven years. It went from being this completely not known, not talked about thing that was happening to now uh, we probably get 10 or 15 members a month that want to talk about their experiences and they're all... Uh, people that have experienced red grid mark phenomena. So it seems to me that it's increasing in volume. Interesting. Well, Justin, is there anything we haven't covered? Uh, no, I think we've given a pretty good summary of the phenomenon. And uh, if anything changes, I'll be happy to keep everybody updated. Please do. Let me know immediately. I sure will. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Again, Justin Sanderson, he is the administrator and I assume man behind starting the uh, Red Gridmark Experience Researchers Facebook page. Uh, right now they're at just about 1.1 thousand members. Um, my guess is after my listeners have listened to this, 
the, you might you might see a little influx of uh, additional people being interested in this and joining your group. Yeah, we're more than happy to have you. Just make sure you answer the uh, the questions when you're coming in and, and say that you listen to the podcast and you're interested in exploring the phenomenon. We'll be happy to let you in. Justin, again, thank you so much for being with us tonight, and thank you for letting me. I know typically uh, pages like that frown on people trying to do self-promotion, but it really wasn't about me trying to promote my podcast as much as it was wanting to talk about this subject. And, uh, you know, I I found it. I, I looked elsewhere, and uh, that's when I ended up messaging uh I think Emma was the first one to respond to me, and then you did. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't, I didn't see it as being about self-promotion. I, I thought this was somebody that was genuinely interested in the phenomenon. Mm. And uh, we need more people like that, that actually look at this phenomenon and uh, don't just dismiss it outright, but really look at what's presented in the data, how many people we have experiencing this, and just try to figure it out with us, because it is a journey for sure. Yeah, super strange. Justin, thanks so much for being with us. Hey, I appreciate it, Eric. You just let me know, and uh, we'll we'll talk anytime. All right, sir. We'll talk again. All right. Thank you. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.